0: Hello and welcome to this Scottish Government podcast on the European Commission's proposals for the Common Agricultural Policy 2014-2020. to My name is David Barnes, I'm the Deputy Director in Scottish Government for Agriculture and Rural Development Policy. My colleague Drew Sloan, our Chief Agricultural Officer and I will be doing a series of meetings around Scotland on these proposals in December 2011 and January 2012 but we know that not everybody will be able to get to a meeting and so the idea of this podcast is to let you hear the same information that you would have got from one of the meetings. The podcast is divided into four parts. This is part one, which gives the introduction, background information, information on the EU budget and on the timetable for the negotiations. Part two talks about the direct payments that are proposed to replace the single farm payment and the Scottish beef calf scheme. That's the so-called pillar one of the common agricultural policy. Part 3 of the podcast looks at the proposed Rural Development Regulation, the so-called Pillar 2 of the CAP, and that includes less favoured area support. And finally, part 4 looks at cross-compliance and also talks about the next steps in Scotland and in Europe. Our purpose is to explain these European proposals so that farmers can begin to think about the possible implications for their businesses, and so that farmers and anybody else with an interest can give us well-informed responses to a consultation exercise that we'll be launching shortly. The podcast is designed to work without visual aids. However, we are using a set of PowerPoint slides at the evening meetings, which are on our website. So you're welcome to look at those at the same time as listening. Before we start, we need to register some important caveats. This podcast is being recorded in early December 2011, and at this stage there are still some parts of the European Commission's proposals that we're not clear about. We've asked the Commission to clarify them, but in some places we haven't got the responses yet, so at the moment there are things that we're not sure about. The second caveat is that everything in the proposals is still subject to being negotiated by the European institutions, the Council of Ministers and the European Parliament, and so everything that we describe here could be subject to change. The third caveat relates to what I'll be saying about the Scottish Government's views at this stage. As I've mentioned already, the Government will be holding a consultation exercise, and the whole point of a consultation is that you don't make up your mind until you've done it. And therefore, what I say about this Scottish Government's position will be our interim position at this stage, and not our definitive views. And the final caveat is that all this material is about the aspects of the CAP which will be fixed in the European rules. There are many other aspects of the CAP which will be decided not in Europe but in Scotland. Things like how to regionalise the country for the purpose of the direct payments and what to put in the next SRDP. All those locally decided aspects will not be covered in this uh, podcast and set of meetings. They'll be subject to a separate process nearer the time. The rest of part one of this podcast gives background information by way of introduction. What the EU is doing at the moment is looking at its budget and its policies for the seven-year period 2014 to 2020. There are three European institutions involved in the process. The European Commission, which is the executive body of Europe. The Council of Ministers, where the governments of the 27 member states sit and debate and the European Parliament, made up of the 700-plus MEPs directly elected by the European people. The way the European system works is that only the European Commission can table a proposal for legislation. And so what we're talking about throughout this podcast is the European Commission's proposals for the CAP. Those proposals are then debated and negotiated in the Council of Ministers and the European Parliament, but that process, at the time of recording, is only just starting. And so it's very much the Commission's views that we're looking at in this podcast. The decisions taken in Europe will cover the budget for the Common Agricultural Policy and the rules by which that budget is to be spent. But the budget and the rules will actually be negotiated separately. That's because the cap budget will be looked at alongside the rest of the EU budget in a negotiation done by finance ministers and probably decided ultimately by heads of state and government at a European summit. By contrast, the rules for how the cap money will be spent will be negotiated by agriculture ministers in the Agriculture and Fisheries Council along with the European Parliament. Let's have a look in more detail about what's proposed for the budget. The European Commission proposals for the cap budget give roughly an annual budget for 2014 to 2020 equivalent to the 2013 annual budget, what we sometimes call a flat cash settlement. Now of course that means there's no allowance for inflation in that budgeting and therefore although the cash amount each year might be roughly the same the real terms value of that budget will be declining slightly with inflation. A new feature that the Commission proposes this time round with the CAP budget is a significant redistribution of the money. This applies to both Pillar 1 and Pillar 2 of the CAP, but with slightly different mechanisms for each. In the case of Pillar 1, the direct payments, the Commission has made a proposal for a mechanism it calls convergence. The convergence mechanism is to help the new member states in Central and Eastern Europe, who, it's generally accepted, got a relatively bad deal out of the current cap settlement, and so what the Commission proposes is that we look at the average direct payments per hectare in each Member State, we calculate the European average, we set a threshold at 90% of the European average, and every Member State whose payments per hectare are below that 90% threshold would get an uplift, and that uplift would be paid for by the Member States who get a higher than average payment. Now, we're still working through the details of how that mechanism works. It looks like the proposed UK ceiling for direct payments is slightly down, but we don't yet know how that would be allocated within the UK between the regions of of the United Kingdom. What we do know is that Scotland's average payments per hectare are as low as some of the member states like Latvia and Estonia, which the convergence mechanism is designed to help. So as the Scottish Government, what we're arguing strongly Is that the convergence mechanism should give an uplift to the UK and that that uplift should all come to Scotland because we are the part of the UK with the lowest direct payments per hectare. That's what the proposals say for pillar one. For pillar two the position is a little bit less clear. The Commission proposal says simply that in future the Member States will get allocations from the Rural Development Budget based on objective criteria. The proposal doesn't say what those objective criteria would be. The good news for Scotland and the UK should be that whatever criteria are used we expect should give a bigger percentage share of the budget for the UK and Scotland than we currently get. However, this should be good news for the future budget of the next SRDP although at this stage we don't know the size of the European cake of which we will be getting our percentage share and we also don't know how much national money will be available to co-finance the policy. That's what the proposals say about the budget. Now let's move on to looking at the proposed rules for spending that CAP budget. There's been work going on already, both in Europe and in Scotland, over two or three years. In Scotland, of course, we had the Brian Pack inquiry into future farm support. And in Europe, the Commission's gone through a process of seeking ideas and narrowing down options before finally issuing its formal proposals on the 12th of October 2011. Those proposals divide the CAP rules up into two pillars in the same way as the current policy, and those two pillars would be made up of four separate regulations. Pillar one of the CAP would have two regulations in it. One would be on direct payments, the new system that would replace the single farm payment and the Scottish beef calf scheme, and the second would be on market support measures. These market measures have dwindled rather in the recent years of the CAP, but they do still exist. Pillar 2 of the CAP would, as at present, have just one regulation in it, covering rural development policies. And the fourth regulation in the package would be the so-called horizontal regulation, so-called because it includes rules that cover both pillar 1 and pillar 2 principally the cross-compliance rules. Those four regulations will make up the future CAP, but they won't set out all the detail. They are the equivalent, if you like, of Acts of Parliament, but beneath them will be a set of so-called delegated acts in which the European Commission will set out the detailed implementing rules. Now, what's the timetable proposed for this process? The European Commission issued its proposals formally on the 12th of October 2011. The Commission hopes that the European Member States will take their decisions on the budget for the EU as a whole and for the CAP in about summer 2012 and the Commission hopes that the negotiations on the four regulations making up the cap will be finished by the end of 2012 or early in 2013. That would leave the rest of 2013 for the process of writing the so-called delegated acts, the detailed implementing rules and to give member states and regions time to adopt their own implementing legislation, guidelines and so on. If all that takes place then the new regime could be ready to start on the 1st of January 2014. However, this ideal timetable that the Commission would like to see does seem very optimistic. Typically a negotiation as complicated as this between the Parliament and the Council of Ministers can take up to two years. Since the proposals were only issued in October 2011, a two-year negotiation would already take us to autumn 2013 and at that point it would be impossible to get all the other details in place in time for the 1st of January 2014. It's therefore very possible that the Commission's ideal timetable will slip. What would be the implications of that? They would be different for Pillar 1 and for Pillar 2. For Pillar 1, the current legislation essentially puts the system in place until new legislation takes over from it. And therefore, with relatively little work, the status quo for the single farm payment and the beef-calf scheme and so on could continue for another year in 2014 until the new system was ready in 2015. The Pillar 2 rural development programmes are different because the current legislation brings them all to an end at the end of 2013 and therefore the Scottish Government is pressing very hard for some kind of bridging arrangements to avoid us having a gap in 2014 if the new regime isn't ready by then. That's the end of Part 1 of this podcast. Part 2 will give details of the content of the proposals for Pillar 1, the direct payments and the market support measures.